millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to No Small Questions, the show where we answer your burning questions about us, D&D, and of course, all things No Small Roles. I am Darabelli. I play Enkidu in our main campaign, as well as Judge in the Fabulosa Adventures starring Jeremy Cobb and Jasper William Cartwright from Three Black Halflings. And also I play Simeon Redishar in the Woden Isles spinoff. And also the game master for the Candlekeep spin-off. Tonight, I will be questioning our returning artificer. It's me, Ben, and uh, Ben Galpin. And I'm going to be fireballing some questions back to you as well, Daryl. Uh, so I play Orin Quill in our main campaign, and I've also played uh, Richard. The shape-shifting uh, entity in <laughs> our recent spin-off. Oh my gosh, our recent <laughs> spin-off. How can I forget Clarence? Anyway, <laughs> of course, you. you played Clarence as well. I played Clarence, of course I did. I didn't <laughs> forget that at all. No, how could we forget that? Grace is wonderful, a familiar problem. It was, it was It was. so much fun. Oh, it, was, it was so joyful. Uh, yes, do check that out, listeners, if you haven't already, for, for a couple of hours of non-stop silliness fun and adventure um i also play dax thundermeyerstani in daryl's spin-off uh and i've played thorn and ricky in some of our other little side quests ricky! Oh, and ricky and this christmas i am playing fingal the snowman in our christmas <gasps> one shot which i'm looking forward to listening to i might so- save that for the plane <sighs> yes yes yeah, save it for the plane yeah um I've just, to, to let our listeners in on the moment where this is being recorded, I've just had the music through from David, but I've not listened to the music yet. So my job when we finish recording No Small Questions tonight is I'm going to be putting together the final mix of our Christmas one shot. Yes. Because time is a weird a ball of strings in this universe of David's, though, I think the one shot might already be out. So I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and if it isn't out yet. I hope you enjoy it when it does come out. Um, <laughs> but I think the one shot's out already. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope you enjoy it, have enjoyed it <laughs> on the plane, Daryl, depending on where yeah. we are in the timeline. Sure. Um, I, I will say to future me and the rest of the listeners, I had a great time listening to the Christmas one shot. Uh, wait, Chris, is that what it's called? Christmas yes, well, One Shot? I, I think the name is still up for grabs, but that's oh what that's the, the working title is the Chris Mass One Shot because uh, it's DM'd by Chris. Oh, it's also, yeah, anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Magic of editing. Right, okay. Uh, this is, importantly, your spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Because we are going to be talking about episodes up to and including episode 81, Five Heads Are Better. So if you're not up to date, you have been warned. And, you know, they're all on your playlist. So get to go and play the rest if, if you haven't exactly. caught up. <laughs> get out of here and come back. Get out. Get out of here. Come on, just get out of here. <laughs> get out of my tavern. Anyway. Um, so for those of you who have not listened to Enos More Questions before... Um, we will be asking questions sent in by you, and we've got a few we've got for each other. Ooh, and it's funny you should say that, Daryl, because I have a question that I'd like to start with for you. All right. So, um, we know that the Epic of Gilgamesh has been a big influence on the creation of Enkidu, but I want to know if there were other myths or stories that you were drawn to when you were creating our favourite warlock. 
Oh, interesting. Um, I think in terms of uh, real world myths, um, that's the only one. Um, that's the only one I drew on. I didn't want mm. to confuse the identity of him too much. Um, stories, big. Obviously, I kind of for my own um, origins, Final Fantasy is a massive like kind of like influence on my imagination. Discovering that game franchise when I was young and the way they told stories and took bits of myth from all sorts of cultures and mashed them together to make their own. I found that really inspiring. Mm. So I looked at different Final Fantasy games. Um, of course, Gilgamesh and Enkidu are recurring characters in the Final Fantasy games. Each are game they? separate. Yes, they are. Ah. Um, so just a quick whistle down. In each numbered Final Fantasy title, like Final Fantasy 7 or 13 or 12, they're all set in different worlds. But Gilgamesh and Enkidu, uh, well, mostly just Gilgamesh, shows up in multiple ones. And ever since Final Fantasy V has been this wanderer who kind of is kind of like a joke character that re- reoccurs as a boss and he kind of falls into this interdimensional rift and shows up in other games. So fans like to have little theories about is it the same one? Um, but when looking at the myth of the Epic of Gilgamesh and seeing that it's like potentially the, the oldest story of all time, um, yeah. I found that and the relationship between um, Gilgamesh and Gedu was just fascinating so i kind of just doubled down from there really oh so is that where you first came across um the story of gilgamesh yeah, and from the games yeah yeah from final fantasy but then of course um i think it was in university when i was like had a great old time like delving into like different histories and stuff and like discovered um uh middle eastern um you know lost middle eastern societies and cultures uh, where the epic of gilgamesh is from um yeah, kind of just blew my mind. And the fact that we, um, wow. some bits of the story has only just been recovered recently, um, as it's written on a, well, chiseled and carved into a stone tablet rather than um, printed onto paper. Wow. And um, that's how old the story is. Oof. So, yeah, I found a story, um, as long as we've been able to tell stories in whatever form, um, we found a way to record them, whether it's orally or even yeah. chiseling them into stone. And now we, not like a, a, another of, um, way of telling it is doing it like um, freehand and um, we improvise it. It's quite organic and natural and, and compelling. And yeah, I just found that. Um, well, that rolling dedication. some dice. Yeah, roll, rolling some dice, uh, which are, again, another device we've had since antiquity. Um yeah. Dice from even ancient Egypt, they rolled dice and polyhedral dice as well, not just six sided ones. So, no matter, I, I love the, I'm inspired by the dedication um, to preserving a story and adding to it as time goes on. It's a long running story um, split up into different chapters found across time. It's, ah, it's amazing. That's very cool. Mm. I have a question for you, but I think I might save it for later. Okay. Um, <laughs> Exciting. It's quite. It's quite. A, it's it's a, it's a campaign related story. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. Question. So I thought I might save it as the questions get more relative to that. So so okay. I want to build up to a nice segue. I feel like you know that's a little tantalising like tidbit to to, to yeah. keep everyone listening. Keep listening for the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe the question that Daryl asks Ben. <laughs> No, <laughs> you won't. <laughs> um, Pippa has a question for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Bugs, bugs, bugs. Mm. Um, is there anything that would really, 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 they were really three times, gross <laughs> you out in game? Uh, what might you include in a game? I assume if we were running a game, we were an attempt to gross out the rest of the NSR cast or maybe not necessarily as running the game uh, what Ooh. might you include that is a, is a good question i mean yeah listening listening back because obviously i wasn't there for the whole bug thing so my my first experience of good it on, yeah. was uh was listening back after the event and ugh, ugh. <laughs> like, it is it's quite full-on um <laughs> <laughs> including Vicky's description of her, her surgery at one point. Oh my just, gosh, yeah. Just to bring it into real life as well. Um, what oh, What would really gross me out? I mean, I feel like David also did a lovely job in the, I mean, if lovely job is the right term, in the Deacon spin-off adventure Ooh, as yeah. well of some ver- fairly gross um, events and descriptions. Um mm. 
I hate daddy long legs. Is the really? <laughs> is there something that they would they were involved there? Oh my gosh! I hate them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! I, I just something about the way they move and they fly and they just sort of haplessly bounce around like they're not in control of where they're going or just sort yeah. of landing on you and oh. in your hair and blah. Hair. Okay. And would you? And like this is like a Vicky Gaskin thing to do because yeah. Vicky, as we know, has a like a phobia of needles. Does not yes. like ne- needles. But then, of course, goes on to play a character that objectively uses <laughs> needles with um, extreme prejudice. Um, would you would you then find a way to incorporate Daddy Longlegs into a game? Oh, I could be a swarm keeper ranger with with a swarm oh. of like Daddy Longlegs. Oh, that's amazing! It's like Shino from Naruto. Um, there's a character in the very famous anime. Um, his clan, his family, can have the ability to control insects, and they host Ooh. the insects in their bodies. Oh no, <laughs> no, no! It's amazing. It just makes me think of uh, The Witcher Three when one of the the three crones has oh like, yes flies oh my living gosh in oh, her like no. yeah 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 eyes. she has the like kind of like the, her skin is like. Uh, no, 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 that yeah. one creeps me out. I hate yeah. that one. Oh, uh, that, that, that one definitely oh, gross no, me that out. One, that one's. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologise to Superfan Alice if if you're listening to this because oh, uh, I don't think you're a big fan of insect-related uh, no. grossness. So and, sorry. And, yeah, for me, to Alice, it's not just the bugs about her that creep me out. She, it's the, uh, how she first appears is is horrendous. <laughs> oh, um, I'm trying to think what else would gross me out. Oh, Dan, what what would what's um what would what would gross you out, Daryl? Um, for me, it is oh my gosh! I so I work with a lot of children, um, and children are the greatest carriers of <laughs> casual disease and infection, <laughs> and they love putting things in their mouths. And touching you and touching things, I think. <laughs> but in particular, what grosses me out, I can handle a kid falling into mud and brushing against you as they walk down a corridor, maybe. But anything that comes out of someone's mouth and then is spread Ooh. visually is, I find it unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> unbearable. If someone like spits or, you know, ah, uh, uh, I, I just hate. Sticky, I don't know, like <laughs> phlegmy stuff. Just oh, if I'm sat next to someone in transport or walking by, and I hear them hucking from their nose or like a big like nasal sniff, and I'm just like, oh, please, <laughs> please blow your nose or get that away from me. It's it really grosses me out. It's not it's not even so much a visual thing. It's just it's the sound of it as well. Yeah. And the proximity of it to me, I oh no 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 no. I I, I, think, I suspect oh. you're you're quite glad at the moment that I'm in a completely different room with you down a Zoom because yeah, I'm still me. suffering the effects of a lingering cold. No, <laughs> and I feel oh. like bodily I am I'm creating exactly some of that stuff. <laughs> no, in yeah. my lungs right now. Oh, thank you. And as we record this, I'm about I'm I'm two days I'm less than I'm f- less than two days away from flying nine hours to America to perform. Mm. I cannot get sick. I got no. so I get so precious about it. I was reading to my class the other day, um, literally yesterday before I recorded this, and they were coughing without covering their mouth. Bless them, they're six and seven. But I'm like, guys, I cannot read this story until you cover your mouth because <laughs> I can feel their cough brushing against the arms of my hair, uh, the hair oh. on my arms, and I'm like. No, <laughs> no, I rebuke you. Um, so I think, oh, in terms of like, what would what would I include? In How would you game? work that into a game? How yeah. would I work that into a game? Mm. Um, I would include a plague element. Oh. If I was running a game, there will be a, a device somehow where um, a pl- plague or an infection comes, and I describe it in um, very intimate detail of what it does and then drop the hint that the players are infected <laughs> yeah. um and then just you know just role play the the effects the coughs the sniffing 
all that stuff. <laughs> that would be pretty gross. <laughs> I was going to say you could have like a phlegm dragon or something. Oh, that, yeah. That like its breath weapon is like a sneeze. Yeah. It's a morning breath, um, kind of breath <laughs> weapon. Morning breath. D four to recharge, not a D six. It's a D four. D four to recharge in the morning, and a oh, D eight yeah. in the evening. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nice one. And you can you can use toothpaste on it, or uh, oh yeah, you can. You can use toothpaste. It's vulnerable to to toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. So, uh, superfan Sam has a question for you, Daryl. Oh. Uh, he says, absolutely love Enkidu's action surge round in that last episode. Uh, that's 81, I assume. And mm -hmm. thrilled that one of the party is tapping into the rich juiciness of multi-classing. Have you multi-classed with any of your other D&D &D characters? And, says Sam, <laughs> it, it has four A's in it. Have you considered oh, yeah. adding a third class to Enkidu? Sorcerers, paladins and bards blend very nicely here, says Sam. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, um, thanks, Sam, because um, min-maxing is actually quite fun now that I think about it. Uh, possibilities <laughs> um, of being absolutely broken and indestructible. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, the the multi-classing has been a boon, an absolute boon uh, for Enkidu. Um, little fun fact that um, that will make you guys... Um, chuckle is that I did not know Warlocks had only two spell slots until we had already started recording. Oh, I did not know. I just thought, oh, I've only got two at level one. I'll get more when I'm level. I'll get, and I look I'll in, be 16, reading it properly. And I think I was reading the sorcerer's time, um, the, the sorcerer table by accident. I was like, what? I <laughs> only have two spell slots until level like 12, I think. And then you get a third, and it's like, what? And you already got to level five spells. This is awful what am i supposed to do um i have a big problem with action economy in um tabletop games and i look at something like monk which is just nothing but hit bonus action hit key point hit and i'm like cool yeah. like i i like that and that makes um that makes the game fun and engaging because you have options i like utility in my games so i played um a paladin with judge because i can hit I can heal. I can shield. Mm. I like having variety in what I can do in a turn. Um, I, I haven't seriously considered adding a third uh, class because that requires leveling up and I'm not sure how long the campaign's going to go on <laughs> for. Um, but if I, if I was... Level 20. Level 20. Uh, we're fighting gods by then. Because um, <laughs> you have to. You're, you're so powerful at level 20. But if I was to... Add a third class, it probably would be a sorcerer. Um, the oh. Yeah, it would. Um, because I've got a nice spell set up, which I'm going to keep in reserve for future episodes. Um, mm. But <laughs> once I cast two of them, I'm done. And mm. there was a fight we've recorded um, in the future ahead of the release where Kidu blew out his spell slots in one turn. <laughs> he was just like, cool, I guess I'll just Eldritch Blast now. Um <laughs> At least you've got that that reliable favourite to fall back on, like as, yeah, a, as a warlock. It is a bit of a glass cannon, but someone like I don't know, for example, say the spell misses, or God forbid, it's like counterspelled. You're kind of done. Yeah, <laughs> You're kind of done. Um, I know the new one, Arcana, which might go into one D and D, has fixed that, and warlocks have finally. More, more spell slots but i think i'll add sorcerer um just so he can have a bit of um versatility because hexblade warlock has some spicy invocations but they all cost spell slots to use <laughs> I've only got two. yeah because there's 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 i think that's the thing isn't it like because i've played a, a warlock a little while ago and there's 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 like useful little things instead of spells aren't there so you've got your eldritch invocation is that right? Yeah. Which can kind of, you get a few of them, don't you? You get more of them as you level up. You do, yeah. I think I got one at level nine because um, he's, yeah, you get a warlock level nine. You get another, you get to add one. Get to add one more. Them. Yeah. And then at some point you start getting the, you start getting like additional higher level spells, don't you, that aren't quite yeah, part of the warlock spells. That's yeah. it. I think, again, it's another like one use per like rest and whatnot, which got allows you. you to, 
cast a level six spell which you normally don't get access to mm. so it's kind of like having a special spell slot to cast that six level six level spell um i don't i can't pull out any books or anything right now which i like to do while i'm playing but um <laughs> i think i think you still have to pick it from the warlock time um timetable um timetable <laughs> I'm in school i'm still in school and the warlock <laughs> spell table yeah, um, you've got art or dt to choose from and yeah exactly you got art or dt <laughs> or, or, or home economics or cooking yeah, what do you do <sighs> drama um <laughs> but um no I, I yeah i think i think you just pick an extra spell and then it has its own spell slot do you know so i just feel oh. yeah, it's uh... so i haven't really read about the warlock in one D D much in the 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 stuff that's going to be coming out in 2024 but yeah. So they adding more spell slots sort of generally for warlocks then. Yeah, and you get to like warlocks don't really get the warlock identity until level 3. Um mm. level 1 you're kind of just like nothing really. You don't really get your pact boon until level 2. And um you get your patron I think you get your patron at level 2 and then your pact boon at 3. Um so it's kind of like you pick, you get your subclass at 2 and then you get your further subclass variant at 3. And I think they've changed that so you get that at level one instead. Yeah. Um, so you just play the class and have its identity then. Yeah, because for Enkidu, the sort of the identity and your sort of your patron has been so tied up with Enkidu's identity from the start that it's sort of yeah, it's vital to to the kind of the essence of the character, really, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like <laughs> it really is. Can I imagine waiting a couple of levels until <laughs> accessibilities that will carry him through the whole campaign is. It's very strange to wait that long. Fab. Oh, Ross Meikle, runs with Treacle. Yeah. Has a question for us both. Um, we know why Gwen, Juna, and Gaius end up in Tillishan. Has it been revealed why Enkidu and Orin were walking through the Lockholt Wood before they were lured into the cave? Why did they stick with the others and not carry on with their initial journey? Oh, yeah. This is big. Um, this is a big question. Yeah. I mean, this, this I feel like for me is all tied in. I feel like I, this, I'm going to have to open up Orin's backstory notes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel on this one. I don't know if you want to answer first while I, I load oh, yeah, the Word yeah, document. Yeah, yeah, I can do because it's going to be very short. <laughs> um, the, 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 there's no... You know when people say there's a long and a short answer? There's only a short answer. And that is, I don't know. I don't oh, know. I don't excellent. know why Enkidu is near the Lockholt Wood. Amazing. Um, because the way I wrote my... I think we had a good laugh about it. Or like people laughed at me about for my confusion of the timelines. Because <gasps> yes. I was role-playing Enkidu with the thought that he just left the Iron Chain, survived, wandered through the western folds of Dravain and ended up in the Lockholt Woods. And like, ah. Oh, I was on a mission for the king and I got blown up and my friends are inside me. And, um, and then David's like, no, the king's been dead for like, for ages, like years ago. And you're like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> the timeline was either confused <laughs> or Akidu just lost six years of his life and just didn't know about it. Um, so that plot line is hanging over my head. I have not <laughs> the slightest clue what happened. And David just turned it into a, you know, mustachioed villain on a swivelly chair going <laughs> i'm gonna put something something here but i haven't decided yet <laughs> i love it so did did Enkidu have was that like his first memory after five years was waking up in the cave or did Ooh, he yeah, have like yeah, it, it really is it yeah. is actually i have no idea what happened oh. between that time Wow. Okay, so that's entirely in David's hands. What had happened recently what? before? A git. My goodness. Um. So then, why? I guess why did Enkidu decide to stick with the rest of the gang? Like, yes, that is the good follow-up question. Um, I think it got to a point where he was thinking, "Do I go back to Mervai and get answers?" Or, um, or do I, or, or I think, I think the state of Tillisham after 
kind of like put him in a situation where I, oh things are pretty hot right now maybe i should lie low and i'm implicated in um whatever's happened um and this person is like oh um oh gosh um heron yeah heron is part of the establishment he knows what we've been up to maybe i should just play it safe for now go along with this guy and once things have calmed down smoothed over maybe find a way to get back to Mervi and get some answers um but also i think the fact that the person who at the time he believed was responsible for how he ended up was inside him he was kind mm. of like lost on do i even need to go back the person who i want to blame is inside my body so Maybe I'll get some answers if I stick with this guy being a magical kind of person. I think he was just kind of like, just there was a conversation with, uh, I think Orin. I can't remember when it was. Um, I think there was, was one. Like, yeah, there was one when he said, I, I'm just lost. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Where he just kind of opened up. So I'm, I just, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like Enkidu and Orin had a couple of conversations in the tavern right, right near the start, didn't they? I think because I think both of them yeah, were a bit hanging yeah. on the edge about why they were even sticking around with this group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You want, uh, Orin wanted to leave. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah. Gwen was like, we've got to be heroes. Like, yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> Orin was very much a believer. These <laughs> people are dangerous. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I was yeah, just reminding myself what, what, what I, my original kind of thoughts were. Was so... Orin had only recently left the Woden Isles. Ah, uh, yeah. Before um, the events of No Small Rolls kicked off, so he travelled over the uh, the sea, the Shivered Shore, and was essentially working his way up north. Um, mm. I, I think he the original kind of inclination for him was that he was trying to get to Fane Hartha, actually, which is the capital city of Ayland. Oh, yeah. the capital of Ayland. Mainly because um, I think when I've been chatting backstory stuff with David, he had sort of said that, that in Ayland or in Fane Hearth in particular, and I guess we saw this a little bit with Dwayne um, recently when Orin dropped in on Dwayne, that there's a lot of support there for people with like creative ideas, funding for research, sort of universities, that sort of thing. Um, I think he'd heard that it was a very academic area and he was quite keen to head in that direction, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but also in a sort of general northern walk, I think it was very much intentions that he was then going to carry on north to Solmarath and Mirath yeah. because he wanted to, to find out more about himself. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that's where he uh comes from originally where he was born at least as far as he's thinks and knows mm -hmm. um so he was essentially trying to head north um and then bumped into this lot along the way <laughs> um and why did he stick with them i mean I, yeah i mean he was quite close to not sticking with them i feel like at times like you know orin certainly in originally was so kind of I think adamant in the idea that that all of the stuff that they would get involved with was like not their business, not something that they needed to get involved with. <laughs> um, no, and it no. was only really through the sort of persuasion of the other members of the group, like Enkidu in particular, to start with, that mm. Orin stuck around. I mean, obviously now he's now he's deeply embedded, like with this group, the sort mm. of the found family and and literal yeah. family for his uh, in his case as well with uh, Guy. Um, that that now he's obviously got a lot of reasons to stick around, but originally it was, it, I think it was a bit touch and go. Yeah. Or whether he was just going to clear off <laughs> and carry on north. Fair. <laughs> and I feel like there's still a, there's a lot to, there's a lot that he still hasn't got answers to. Like he still, he still wants to go to Morath and Solmarath and, oh, yeah, and Ayland and, mm -hmm. and he wants to go to the Mercylands. So yeah, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. this is a, an interesting diversion on a, a path. Yeah, got you. Um, looking ahead, my question is going to be quite relevant soon. Um, <laughs> ben, yes. Pippa wants to ask, 
Was it difficult to avoid potential spoilers whilst you were away with dragons and mythical beasts, but still part of the editing messages and group chats? Did you enjoy the anticipation of coming back to record Oren's adventures with Petra? And did you find yourself overthinking what might happen oh. next? Um, was it difficult to avoid spoilers? Um, it wasn't too bad to avoid spoilers, actually, I think, because um, all the, the, obviously all the files were flying around everywhere, but I did not download or listen to any of them. So I didn't listen to any of the, <laughs> I didn't listen to any of the, the raw episodes as they were happening. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. So obviously I was seeing a bit of no small roles conversation going on on our on our various groups, but I'm trying to think if I had picked up on any story threads at all while I was away or where you were. I think most of it was quite a big surprise really when I got back, and I'd had a chat with David before we recorded the the one shot mm-hmm. because I was like. Should I know anything before I go in this? Or should I like know anything before I record back with all you guys again and like doing the first group recording? Mm. We were like, no, let's let's come in let's come in completely cold. Like so um it was what was really fun in the solo episode was the little crossover moments that happened with stuff that was going on uh with the four of you that mm. I didn't have any context for. But Juna ah. trying to come in and do sendings at some point yes. <laughs> and Juna scrying at one point. Oh, gosh. And these yes. are just such lovely little, like, what? Like, trying, and I, I was trying to get my head round while I was recording, like, mm. why is Juna scrying, like, at this point? And I, I, I couldn't understand it. Like, I just didn't get the context of it at all. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then when, of course, Dwayne turns up and then Dwayne's doing scrying and Dwayne's doing legend lore and everything as well. Oh my gosh. And I still didn't have the context. I, I obviously had a bit of an idea that I knew you were all trying to... I knew what direction you were trying to head from where, where we'd been separated mm. at that point because, you know, I thought I was going with you. Or Orin, rather, Ben knew he wasn't. But uh, <laughs> Orin thought he was going with you all, like, on the... Uh, trip to the henge and then following up because uh, i think it was planned out at that point that the, the sort of the direction already that we wanted to head wasn't it i think so yeah yeah so so orin had a bit of an idea but how you'd all got on and what had happened in the meantime i had very little idea basically none so I, no. i'd have i'd managed to avoid it quite well really well done um and then um did I find myself overthinking what might happen next? Um, I was certainly, I think when it sort of got near to recording it, I was definitely feeling quite, I was feeling quite like, I, like I'd been out of it for three months for a start. I'd been out mm. of the group stuff. I hadn't played Orin for three months. Mm. And I definitely felt quite like, oh, hang on, uh, D&D? Um, <laughs> And actually, we'd been playing some D&D while I'd been in the States touring, but obviously a completely nice. different game. Of so course. we'd been doing a little bit of the uh, starter set adventure, the uh, Lost Minds of Fandelva. Wicked. Yeah, which is the first time I'd ever played that through. So we'd been playing on the tour bus. Uh, Gary and our cast had been... Uh, shout out to Gary if he's listening, because uh, he does listen to Nose More Rolls. Hey. Um, <laughs> uh, so Gary had been DMing us. Um, I'd been playing uh, a little goblin called Weird. It kind of, I think he kind of spoke like this. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved him. Um, and uh, so I'd, I'd been in with the D&D, but I'd been in a different group and I'd been in a different uh-huh. thing and I didn't know yeah. what you guys had all been up to. And mm-hmm. I just had no idea what David had in mind for Orin's adventure and then what it turned out to be, like jumping time and places and how much he packed into it was... Yeah, a complete surprise. Wow. Um, so, yes, I think I was a little concerned coming back, but um, <laughs> awesome. yeah, it was it was a joy. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, we've got a follow-up question from Superfan San. Who's Sam? And also me. <laughs> um, Superfan like Daryl. Kind of like similar questions. Um, so Sam says, that solo episode of 
Orins was a blast. And David did an amazing job of throwing you right in the deep end. Yeah. If given the chance or a time-hopping phylactery table, (laughs) is there anything you would have played differently in hindsight? I have a follow-up question, but it's just as wordy. But I think... I'll I'll ask it. But, like, kind of tied into Sam's question. Yeah. Uh, Mine is that, considering that Orin is typically the most... um, hesitant to engage in the Javanian political mm. um, shenanigans going on, if there was anything you considered holding back from sharing with the party? Oh, that is a really good follow-up question. Okay, I'll come on to that yeah. in a sec. Sure. So, um, to start with Sam's, is there anything I would have played differently? I definitely feel like the one-on-one time that Orin had with Berrien yeah. I feel like I have regrets about Ooh. just suddenly me as a player and also Orin just suddenly being dropped into this situation, mm-hmm. finding himself face to face with Berrien. Obviously, a character we have encountered through his actions rather than in person previously <laughs> in the game, his deeply yes. unpleasant actions. Mm. Um, I don't know. And I don't know what I would have done differently. I still I'm still like, oh, I don't know what I could have done in that situation. But I feel mm. like there's probably things I could have said or things I could have asked or influence I could have tried to have. But Orin was out of his body for, or back in his body for such a short period of time for that conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, obviously my unbodied friend uh, was there asking for specific requests from him. So it was tricky for it to be the time and place to um, to kind of go on the attack with Berrien. Yeah. But I feel like if I was clever, there's <laughs> something I could have done there, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, other than like, Fireball. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and that's one problem solved. Um, nice. <laughs> And we've got Red Abarian. Um, or like if I had some sort of mind influencing uh, ability that I could like influence his mind and be like, Yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't want to go off to the throne. Um or oh maybe I could have <laughs> dropped some frosting in like his food or something. Made him really suggestible. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna be he's gonna have all sorts of anti frosting stuff. If anyone does, it's Barian. Yeah, probably. It? And it will probably wear off in a couple of hours. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't have yeah, quite yeah. the effect that I want. Exactly. Um so that's definitely a bit of a, a regret or a, a sort of feeling that something could have, could else have, something else could have happened there. Um, looking back in my notes, remind myself to remind myself everything that happened in that episode because so much happened. I think the other thing was, yeah, again in the throne room. Mm. Yeah. So when I was in Mervi, um, again, definitely feels like opportunities maybe to have. To have done something. Orin was mm. in the throne room. He was in the palace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what I could have done there either. Uh, but again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think maybe the regret I have is not asking Sigrid about Gwen. And I was really on the fence about bringing up Gwen. And the reason yeah. I didn't is because Gwen had up until that point been so sort of secretive about names and all of that, especially with her As opposed to our own name. As opposed to, yeah, throwing out all the different names uh, constantly, um, name dropping herself. But (laughs) in the sort of line of the recent discoveries that have been sort of going on and the recent name twists and everything and the sort of occasion identity that Gwen was sort of finding out more about Mm. before, shortly before I left the group, which she subsequently then found out lots more about while I was away. But Orin was just very reluctant to bring up any of her names in front of this um, Orcosian high up sort of ambassadorial member. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what potential consequences that would have had. Obviously, if he'd known it was Gwen's mum, <laughs> I feel like he would have said something. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I could have yeah. skirted around the issue. Maybe I could have tried to get some more information out of her and tried to figure it out. But I think I was I was thrown by the red herring of Juna getting in touch with her and making 
me feel like there was some connection with Juna, and that that led me down a, a garden path that I just did not put yeah. two and two together on. Well, she was also quite playing quite coy as well. Yes, um, you know, obviously she's a woman in a in a woman in a position is like playing lots of cards put close to her chest. Yeah, not sure who she could trust, especially someone who jumps out, you know, appears out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, I understand that. And obviously, the only other thing that I'd change is I would, you know, drag Jeremy Cobbin to be part of the main campaign. Like when when I got teleported back. Like. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! That's that's the other Imagine. one. Um, remind me what your follow up question was. Yeah, was there anything you considered um, holding back from oh. turning the party? Good question. Um, it's I. It's not something I've deliberately held back, but Grace asked me about it the other day. I think after she had listened to the episode and she was like, you didn't mention that, that my mum was part of the Fenrenders who were coming into Trevain and mm. um, um, trying to get to the, find out more about the Henges and everything. Um, mm, yeah. I don't think that was a hugely deliberate omission on my part. Um, I think... I remember when I came back that Orin says something about like looking at Kida at one point and wanting to have a discussion yeah. later on. Yeah. Uh, Opportunity was not on your side. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I think he, he, he wanted to bring up the fact that Petra had said about the feeling of being sort of pulled into sort of Enkidu's orbit, the sort of feeling mm. that she had, and sort of reluctance to get too near him. Um, she knows some stuff. <laughs> she knows some stuff, yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was certainly something that Orin didn't, was, had some reluctance about um, bringing up in front of everyone, I think. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and. Beyond that, I feel like, I mean, he, he got himself in a bit of a muddle, slash I got myself in a bit of a muddle about what was going on in the throne room. Um, so, um, Ooh, yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess he's not going to be entirely, maybe as an open book about Dwayne's <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> conversations with Petra, um, oh. such as such as the ones Orin heard before uh, before he was whisked away, at least, uh, or Don Tavian, mm-hmm. as I maybe should call him instead. Yes, but yeah, I, I think that that was about it. Like, I think most most of it, like Orin, has been pretty open about. I think and wasn't trying to hold back. Mm. Character development, yeah. <laughs> character development <laughs> uh, right so I have a question from superfan Alice for you Daryl sweet uh, a follow up in fact for, for the previous stuff mm. so if Enkidu got a whistle stop solo adventure who would you want to bump into and where would you want to end up so if you could jump through oh. space like like I got to on mine like uh, if you had a, a teleporting companion with you mm-hmm so if I got to speed run, mm. that's what I was Yeah, your turn to speed run Devane. <laughs> yeah. And beyond. I think and beyond. Um I think he'd like to um return to Dram. Mm. Because a lot of Enkidu's like, like formative years were in Mervai, but his origin began in Dram. Um person he'd like to see there is Scarpus. Um, yeah. Scarpus is the old lady who looked in uh, looked after orphans who are kind of forgotten and left about left behind she'd like sew up clothes for them and tell them stories he'd check in on her uh, make sure she was okay probably listen to her story he'd probably want to know what the situation was with the hex if they're about still um I, th- I think that's all I'd say on Dram um just go go back to where you started yeah see what's changed um Fallus Vale yeah. Return to Fallus Vale. Kill Malleus. Um, <laughs> got a score to settle there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We we left a lot of stuff behind in Fallus Vale, to be fair. Um, but Malleus in particular. Um, it'll be a chance meeting as well. That'd be really exciting. 
the woe denials for one i love the idea of him suddenly show, showing up in the middle of a of a of a heist with the icebreakers having no context really of who they are or what they're after and suddenly having to kind of like be in this crazy heist with them that'd be fun with all our with all our characters from the spin-off from the yeah the exactly hands, that'd yeah. be absolutely hilarious yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, like, maybe how that could am be i here <laughs> why am i here uh okay this is i've, I've done the heist before um sure yeah that's okay, true cool. yeah and Keith is a great person to to join the crew there yeah, yeah he'd fit right in actually yeah. <laughs> it'd, be really, it'd be really funny um but also lastly on my little list of uh pryden mm. he'd be in pryden and i'm imagining he's it's a nice sunny day, and he's chilling with Sealamond, um, oh. Gwen's father. Um, he he wouldn't tell Sealamond who he was. He'd just keep any knowledge of Gwen in his back pocket, and he'd just chill, um, chat to him, and just wonder, you know, just meet the man and wonder what his life would have been like and his journey had he had a father like him. Cinnamon oh. obviously loves Gwen very much, um, but obviously, um, there's there's a lot we do in our role play that puts Gwen and Inkeely on two very opposing um, sides of life and upbringing, and I guess he'd like to know what it was like put himself in her shoes from the other side just for a moment and see what that was. I love that. Allow himself to indulge that kind of like idea yeah okay i love that yeah that's really lovely yeah. hang out in pride and yeah we're nice mm. um yeah moving on mike c wants to ask you ben yeah um given the period you shared control over your <laughs> own body are you concerned you might have been enkidu <laughs> a new verb <sighs> and are in a consortium body would Oren be bothered about being in said body um i first of all yeah i feel like shared is is, is strong i feel like petch was very much in control <laughs> <laughs> Oren was was booted down to the to the boot of the car um oh for, for, for quite a lot of that i don't think Oren's concerned that he has been Enkidu. I feel like Petra and Enkidu feel like such sort of different styles of um, mm. people being in control of other bodies. It feels to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like a very different thing. Um, and I do, I do kind of trust Petra. I think the the sort of mm. the net result of the 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 adventure with her is that. She's obviously got her goals. Mm-hmm. She's trying to right wrongs, get her body back, her actual body, mm. um, and you know, go against the archmages. Archmages, is the word I'm looking for, isn't it? Archmagi. What's is her name? Plural? What's her name? Uh, Adathor Chargel. Chargel. So I feel like she's got her motivation. She's trying to get her body back and, and work against Chargel. But I think she's sort of been, I know she wasn't honest originally, but I think she has sort of been honest with Oren. And mm. if, if stuff had happened, big changes had happened, either Oren's got completely the wrong read on her <laughs> and she's been doing stuff when he's not, mm. not aware of it, or I think she's been sort of upfront after the event maybe, mm. but she has then been upfront. Also, Oren's had the advantage of having Aggie around yeah. outside. <laughs> waddling around and it, it it sounds from what Aggie's reported back that what Petra has mm. told Orin is um is honest, I think. So <laughs> I don't think Orin's concerned that that anything sort of shady has happened. No body swapping has happened. Like um she's obviously being in control. She's obviously eaten a lot of food while she's she's been in control. And uh, mm. <laughs> um and everything else, gone to the loo, much to Orin's uh, alarm. Um, <laughs> of course. But yeah, how would he feel about being in a consortium? But I mean, like, if he was in a, 
like a sovereign model body. Um, mm-hmm. It would be an interesting experiment. <laughs> like, I mean, Orin has, I think, expressed a desire in the past to be like, mm. I wonder how Enkidu works now. <laughs> like, I think there'd be a kind of macabre fascination with it from Orin's point of view if he was in something yeah, oh that she considered a... Uh, <laughs> A more mechanical body than yeah. than he, he he currently has. Um, <laughs> obviously, the yeah concern would be if anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he loved not being in control. So you know, he he certainly mm. doesn't want to be unbodied or you know have something like what's happened to Petra happen to him. But um, yeah, if it's a purely mechanical thing, hey, maybe that's okay. <laughs> Uh, so, Pippa wants to ask you, Daryl, as you've now played, this is a bit of a follow-up, actually, as you've played in more or less as many episodes with Enkidu in his sovereign model body than his original one, oh, yeah. how much does this guide how you play Enkidu and his urgency to resolve his own issues with his patrons versus Erida's ongoing influence? Very good question, mate. Um, I think I'll answer the back half of that question first. Mm. I, in my opinion, um, the most effective use of the, f- the most effective employment of manipulation is to allow <laughs> the person, to allow the target to believe the choices <laughs> they make on their own. Um, it's it, it's never been, it's never felt a case that Erida's pressed up, down, left, right, start, select to push mm. and in a certain direction. Um, the direction that Enkidu wants to go is the same place that Aerodon wants to go. So, of course, to have the most control or influence over the situation is to let f- things unfold. Um, that's the whole point of having such a big master plan, right? And any plan that requires on more than, like, two circumstances to go right, it's a bad plan, hence, you know... Uh, I'm about to say there. I won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't. I was just thinking. Yeah, that we'll makes come sense. back no, to that wait, one in ten episodes, shall we? Yes, yes. <laughs> Context is needed. We'll come back to that question in about maybe ten episodes. Uh, but, um, but like in terms of the fo- the first half of the question, um, I think Enkidu is much more. I don't say reckless, but he's much more daring in terms of like throwing his body out there to protect mm. others or to get stuck in with the fight. I am um, at the beginning of the campaign. I was playing in Kidu with the thought that Kidu has to survive to get his friends out because it's not just his life on the line; it's the life of the other people inside him. Um, of course, as the stakes increase for the rest of Javain and also as it gets closer to the Abraclads, um, I didn't even flinch when you said he's it. Bod- <laughs> no, I did not. Um, it's a great performance. <laughs> give me time. Uh, <laughs> um, as he's gotten closer with the, the party, um, and he's got a more, he's got a durable body, mm. you know, a more durable body. The, the least he can do is, you know, use that to his advantage. Um, he's, he's had time to, grieve for the body that once was or whatever mm. was capable then versus now um now is now and the problems he faces are present so use what he has right um mm. as for erida's influence i think if there was something drastic she was going to do to him um it won't be yet it'll be in the future so i think Ikidu has to just tackle these issues one thing at a time until that time comes Mm. I've got two quick follow-up questions, if I may. Yeah, go on. Firstly, does Enkidu feel like, you are saying putting sort of the body on your line, does Enkidu feels, feel like if he died in this current body, would Erida be able to or would want to just like make a new Enkidu and just be like, boof, there you go? Is that what he sort of thinks? Or... She's, she's said as much. She yeah. explicitly said, oh, We've got you backed up. Wow. <laughs> she did okay. say that. Um, yeah. But Enkidu's not relying on that for a, for a yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. And the other follow-up question was, because uh, mechanically, Pip was asking about that you've been playing now more as a sovereign model body. Like, mechanically, am I right in thinking Enkidu 
switch from being human to uh, Warforged as a yes. like mechanic on yeah yeah yeah, yeah for gameplay yeah 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 it's yeah Warforged now. did that have a big influence? It's obviously affected like not needing to rest in the same way and and mm. not needing to eat or breathe. Yeah, like yeah, did it yeah. affect sort of stats and stuff as well? That change it did. Yeah, it's Constitution shop. Um, so oh, really? points. it's still not quite right when I level up. Um, so I have to look at those. Um, because yeah. my headboard's a bit low. Um, <laughs> yeah, his constitution goes up. Um, mm. has blacksmithing tools and proficiency now. Um, doesn't need to eat, breathe, or sleep. Um, yeah. cannot be surprised during the long rest. Mm. Um, so yes, he kind of like quote unquote shuts down, like just yeah, you know, power saving. Um, but he's always alert, really. Um, Accepting but, it. Yeah. Updates from Erida for six hours a night. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to put this like, like one gigabyte patch in while I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but also, um, however, the the body functions like a flesh and blood one. Like if Rikudu yeah. wants to eat, he can. If he wants yeah. to sleep, he can, and he can still dream. So he still functions like a flesh and blood being albeit with a in- incredibly complex mechanical body um that doesn't have a red copper wire in sight so mm-hmm. as far as we know as or far- might need to dig in as further far and find as out we know. i'll check next time he goes to the toilet <laughs> amazing um superfan sam has a question for us both Despite learning that Heron is a part of the Children of Havoc, yep. the party are still pursuing the missions and persons he set for you back at the start of the broader campaign. Does it worry you that the party might be playing right into their hands? I'm oh. going to pause my mic as I'm going to lose my mind here. Daryl is gesticulating wildly, punching the table. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Cannot stand the children of havoc i cannot stand them i hate them so much i hate them i hate them i hate them and i won't say anything else <laughs> so you're not best pleased that we're still following his i'm just mean. <laughs> why are we still doing this goodness sake screw these guys just in a bin i think yeah orin is definitely worried that they might be playing into their hands but at the moment, I feel like the roads he has led us down are useful for us to pursue ourselves at the moment anyway. So yes, currently our goals align with his, and he, he gave us a jump start on that road. But that's not to say that Orin will be running back anytime soon being like, hey, give us some more missions. Um, does it worry me that we might be playing into his hands? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. It, do- it does worry me. <laughs> and like you, I might leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, um, yeah. Right. Go, go on. We've got a, a final question from, from Captain Jam. Sweet. Who wants to ask us both what I consider to be maybe the most important question. Sure. What's the craziest thing you'd do for a spoon? <laughs> Is that uh, us personally or characters? Uh, we could do either. Oh my gosh. Uh, what's the craziest thing I'd do for a spoon? I mean, because Orin would do pretty much anything, I feel like, for a spoon. Kidu is, is a bit more reluctant <laughs> yeah. of the spoons. I think, I think um, something, something very silly and, and un-Kidu. Would be the craziest thing you do for a spoon if it meant that, kid, we really need this spoon because getting the spoons means that we get access to this thing that's relative to uh. our, our current mission. It's like, oh. <laughs> all right, Gwendolyn, come here. <laughs> wow, wow, <laughs> for the sake of serving the world, all right, <laughs> but don't tell Mora. I just couldn't live it down. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. Um, and I feel like Gwen will too. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Would she? 
<laughs> what is the craziest thing Orin would do for a spoon? Oh my goodness. I mean, as I say, I feel like Orin would Orin would go a long way for a spoon. Mm. <laughs> Orin would go a very long way and would <laughs> Given up um Aggie. <gasps> would he give up Aggie for a spoon? Yeah. If it was a situation where oh. Aggie could retrieve an item or something, was the only one capable of doing it, but she'd perish in a process. <laughs> Like, <laughs> can I rebuild her? Uh, you could rebuild her, but it won't be the same Aggie, would it? I mean, she's she's already Aggie three. I mean, she's... Don't, <laughs> don't tell her. If if I can rebuild her, it's fine. Don't tell her. <laughs> if if it's a permanent loss, I'm sorry, that's a step too far. Yeah, yeah. But if she's not, if she's if she's a replicant, like, <laughs> just <laughs> keep that under wraps. We have the technology to rebuild her. <laughs> Oh, Love it, but yes, he he would go a long way for a spoon. Obviously, yeah. not betraying his friends or doing anything like that, but um, mm. <laughs> but he would certainly put the main campaign on hold to pursue more spoons. <laughs> <laughs> um, end of the world and or end of Trevane aside. Yeah. Um, amazing. Did you did was your question that you wanted to ask me was that the follow up from earlier or did you have a a, a question it was the you... follow up from earlier amazing cool yeah it was the follow up from earlier right so sadly that is all we have time for today Aww. so huge thank you to everyone who sent in questions sorry if we didn't get time to ask yours today but you can email your future questions to knowsmoreroles at hotmail.com or you can slip into our DMs on social media um, or join the conversation on our friendly Discord. Get in there. Uh, you can also show your support for No Small Roles by leaving us a review on iTunes and Podchaser. You can write us five stars on Spotify and you can support us on Patreon where we have a range of membership levels. We do indeed. We've got uh, a number of paid Patreon levels, but also uh, Patreon have actually recently introduced a new uh, free level that people Yo. can join. So you can actually you can actually show your support for no small roles um, without having to back anything financially at all. Um, we're not quite sure what we're going to do with this yet, but in the new year, perhaps there's a chance that we might start being able to put a little bit out on the free patreon level maybe some Sick. updates or stuff so even if you um don't have the means or, or want to like back us financially at the moment do give that a little consider uh, if you want to jump over to our patreon um we also in in the past have released a few bits free on the patreon i think we put a few bits out at christmas in a previous year as well um so have a little check of those uh daryl have you got anything you would like to plug for our listeners? um yeah, just uh, if if you're in Denver or Boston, um, oh. oh, by the time this records, it won't. By the time this comes out, the show might be uh, done. Certainly, I think it will come out before Boston. Okay, cool. Uh, if you're on the east side of America, maybe they around Boston about Christmas time. Come check out <laughs> Yippee Kaye, Die Hard parody yeah, yeah. at the Hunterton Theatre. Um, come check me out there. Say hello. Tell me that you've listened in. It'll make um, it, it would make my day. I know <gasps> that someone from the complete opposite other side of the world has listened to my podcast and seen my show and seen me live. That's nice. Also, um, I did a Movember um D and D live stream with Rodoc. Um, yes. The f um the video on demand is available on Twitch. Um, I will post a link. Uh, I'll post the link to the video in the Discord, and also no small roles will share it. Yes, we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. And anything you want to plug, Ben? Um, I am going to... Um, I think Christmas Carol might have finished by about the time this comes out, so I won't mention Christmas Carol. Um, actually, what I'm going to plug is uh, I've been part of the reason um, when I was away, one of the things that I was doing um, and slightly agent time away from those models yes, as well was recording regarding Dracula, the podcast yeah. series which I play uh, Jonathan Harker. Um, that is now all out. So actually, I'm going to recommend that people go and give that a little listen. It's got a fantastic cast in it. Really, really good cast. The sound design is incredible in it. Uh, so it's fully nice. voiced, fully sound designed. There's some original music in it as well. And the whole thing is out now on 
any podcast player of your choice. So wherever you get your No Small Roles, you'll be able to get Regarding Dracula. If you look for re, like you're replying to a letter, R-E colon Dracula, it should pop up. And of course, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. Amazing. Well, Ben, I think it's time to bruise Twain Tide. Absolutely. So we're going to sign off with our signature goodbye. And, and not for, for now. now. No countdown is best. <laughs> I was trying to do a countdown with my Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.